The Secret of Utopia Colony, Chapter 4, Utopia Colony. By Scott Sky. Copyright 2013 Scott Sky. Ms. Riley had already made an early dinner for Arthur and Samantha, but now had to quickly make more. All of it was great, the spaghetti and tomato sauce she had previously prepared, and the stir-fry she now added. Spaghetti was one of Arthur's favorite foods, but Ms. Riley wasn't sure what Tenko ate, and so made a stir-fry, thinking it was a pretty common food. As it turned out, the Tenko could eat just about anything humans could eat, but watching them for the first time was a bit odd. They didn't chew anything, because they didn't have teeth, they just used their beaks to bite off small bits of food, mashed it with their tongues, and then swallowed it. Goro and Kiyoko both preferred the stir-fry to the spaghetti because biting the spaghetti noodles into small pieces just took too long. As they were finishing their supper, Samantha let out a deep, rumbling belch, which prompted Miki to demand, Where are your manners? Ms. Riley laughed, Samantha did have terrible manners, but it was funny to hear a monkey pointed out. Arthur's dad didn't come to supper, he hardly ever did. After dinner, Arthur and his mother took some supper to his father in his study. Mr. Riley was bent over an old artifact, examining it with a micro-sensor. He looked up and saw Arthur. So you're home. Well I'll be busy these holidays, so don't give your mother a hard time. Nicholas, Ms. Riley only called her husband by his first name when she was trying to get his attention. Arthur has brought home two friends, and a monkey. A monkey? His dad looked up at Arthur again. Since when do you like monkeys? I thought you liked robots. The monkey belongs to his friends, Ms. Riley explained. He wants them to stay for the summer. Well we can't have a bunch of kids staying here all summer, his dad said. I'm too busy to look after kids. Keep the monkey if you want, I like monkeys. He went back to looking at the artifact. Arthur and his mother left the study. He's so fascinated with the past he loses all interest in the present, she said. Well, I'd better call your school. They're probably wondering where those children are. She went to the holocom in the living room, with Arthur following close behind, he wondered what Mr. Haley would say. Samantha looked out from the dining room, and Arthur nodded towards the holocom, he hoped Mr. Haley was angry and said he wouldn't take Kiyoko and Goro back. He hoped Goro's uncle's credit would be enough to change his mother's mind. He hoped Goro and Kiyoko would be allowed to stay. It took a while for Arthur's mother to get through to Mr. Haley because he'd been out looking for the kids. At first when Goro and Kiyoko didn't come back, Mr. Haley had thought they had gone for a walk or a flight, and had lost track of time. But as the hours had gone by, and the kids hadn't come back, he had become worried, not thinking that they would have left with Arthur. If he had have thought that, he would have called Arthur's home, instead he had called the Anasazi Provincial Police. They had just begun looking for the kids when Ms. Riley had called letting him know that the children had arrived safely with Arthur. When Ms. Riley finally got through to Mr. Haley, a holographic projection of him appeared in front of her, it was like he was in the same room as her. Mr. Haley, she began, sounding quite angry. Arthur brought two Tenko kids home with him. Do you know anything about this? Ms. Riley, the holographic Mr. Haley looked relieved. I've been looking for those kids for over an hour. I was just talking to their uncle's attaché. I can't believe they got away with this. Ms. Riley snapped. I can't keep them here. Mr. Haley looked disappointed, for a few seconds he had thought he wouldn't have to see that irritating monkey again. Now it seemed as if he would have to put up with it for a few more weeks. Well Ms. Riley, 
Mr. Haley said politely, even though he didn't think it was his fault the kids had run away. I'm sorry about all this. The children went to see Arthur off and I guess they just decided to go with him. It's unfortunate you can't keep them for the rest of the holidays, because they'd probably be happier with Arthur than staying here. They're good friends you know. They no doubt told you that Ambassador Yort has broken a wing and can't look after them for the next few weeks. He transferred a large sum of credit to me so I could look after them for the rest of the summer, but I'd be more than willing to pass it on to you, provided Ambassador Yort agreed to it. Arthur's mother paused, thinking for a second. How much credit are we talking about? She finally asked. Mr. Haley told her and then there was another pause as she thought quickly about it. The children would not cost a lot to keep, and she could make sure they kept out of her husband's way. Goro and Kiyoko could help Samantha and Arthur with their chores, and the credit could pay off several bills that were due. Mr. Haley waited patiently on the other end of the comm channel, hoping that Ms. Riley would change her mind. Well, Ms. Riley said in a tone that indicated she was willing to give in. Let me think about this. It'll be hard because we don't have much room. The outpost is huge, but most of it is ruined. But I guess if we used the old room in the tower. Arthur and the others were watching from the hallway, and looked at each other excitedly. She's changing her mind. Arthur whispered to Goro. I've always wanted to stay in the old tower room. You really would be doing me a favor if you could take them, Miss Riley, Mr. Haley said honestly. I can contact Ambassador Yort's office right away, it's not a problem. And of course I'd transfer the credit to you at once, and if you need any more, let me know. I can't tell you how much of a favor this would be. The kids aren't difficult, or anything, I just have plans I don't want to cancel. The only problem is that awful monkey, but Goro does have a cage for it, and... Oh no, I like Miki, Ms. Riley interrupted, surprising Mr. Haley. If she liked that monkey she must be a wonderful person. I'll tell you what Mr. Haley. You make sure it's okay with their uncle, and if it is, they can stay here for the summer. Of course, I'll contact his office right away. Thank you Ms. Riley, and I'll make sure to transfer that credit right away. Mr. Haley's hologram disappeared as Arthur's mother turned off the holocom. Thanks Mom, Arthur said, running into the room, giving his mother another big hug. It'll be great for Samantha and me to have friends here. We'll keep out of Dad's way, and help you as much as we can. Arthur, his mother said. You and Goro will have to stay in the tower room. Come with me and I'll see what I can set up. Samantha, take Kiyoko to Arthur's room to make sure it's okay. Samantha and Kiyoko went off to Arthur's room. Kiyoko wished she would be sleeping nearer to Goro. The tower room was quite a distance from Arthur's room. Goro took Miki and sat down at a window where he could watch the ocean. The cliff and outpost faced the west, and the sun was slowly setting on the horizon. Arthur and his mother went up to the tower room. He was happy, he really liked Goro and Kiyoko, and couldn't believe they could really stay for the summer. The two of them came to the old elevator, it was small and cold, but fast, and soon they were standing on the deck of the old tower room. The tower had thick walls, but the tower room had windows all around. Originally it had been a control tower for the outpost's aircraft, but the control systems had been removed long ago. Someone had turned it into a bedroom at some point, but nobody ever used it anymore. All that could be seen from this height was the vast blue-green utopian ocean, the rocky wastelands of Acadia, and the tremendous snowy peak of Olympus Mons to the north. Acadia province had once been a farming colony, but without the history books no one would have known. 
The entire province had been ravaged during the war, and the remains of hundreds of small craters could easily be seen from the tower room. I'm afraid the room could get cold at night, Arthur's mother said. The old electric heating system doesn't work up here anymore. We won't mind. We'll love it up here, Arthur said. It's got everything we need. Look, two beds, closets for our stuff, everything. Well it's pretty dusty up here, you'd better clean it up a bit, his mother said. Thanks again, Arthur said, I hope Mr. Yort's credit will help you. Well Arthur, Ms. Riley said looking quite serious. I think you're old enough to know what's going on. It's no secret that your father doesn't earn much credit from the Arcadian government to research history, and the credit we do get doesn't last long. Anyway, we're several years behind on our environmental taxes, and the government is preparing to foreclose on the outpost. Arthur looked shocked. I won't go back to school in Anasazi, Arthur finally said, after staring at his mother for a few seconds. He knew his school in Anasazi cost his family quite a lot, but would be paid for by the government if he stayed in Acadia. I can go to school in Acadia City, with Samantha. No you can't, his mother responded in surprise. You're gifted with robots, and you know there aren't any robotics programs here. No, you're not going to waste your talent. We have some credit from Mr. Yort now, and it's enough to pay off the taxes. The elevators slid open, and Goro and Osaral appeared with the luggage. Ms. Riley left to get some cleaning supplies, and Osaral walked over to the window facing the sea. He seemed extremely angry, although he never seemed very happy. Now he was giving the boys the creeps, standing in their room, glaring out at the sea. Okay Osaral, see any ghosts? Arthur joked thinking of how the old man was always talking about ghosts walking around at night. You shouldn't be up here, Osiril had a worried look on his face. I've told Ms. Riley, she shouldn't let you sleep up here. This room's no good. Utopia Colony is full of ghosts, and this is the only room in the outpost you can see it from. It's bad to look at Utopia Colony. The ghosts will see you. Don't be weird Osiril, Arthur said. You know that's just a myth. Don't be weird Osiril. Don't be weird Osiral, Miki repeated Arthur's words, irritating Osiral even more. Osiral glared at Miki then turned to leave. You'd better not go looking at Utopia Colony at night, that's when the ghosts come out, he said as he stepped into the elevator. The door slid shut and he was gone. I didn't know people still believed in ghosts, Goro said. I think he's a bit crazy, Arthur answered. He must be, to work for what mom and dad pay him. He could get more anywhere on Mars. What's that utopia colony he was talking about? Goro asked going over to the window Osiril had been at. I don't see anything. You can hardly ever see it, Arthur answered. It's an old abandoned colony down there under the sea, he said pointing out the window. There's a reef around it that scatters the waves, so it's hardly ever calm enough to see it. It was abandoned during the war, I don't think anyone's been there since. I'd love to see that. Goro said. There are probably hundreds of creatures down there nobody's seen in a century. I could take amazing holograms, it would be incredible. You might as well forget about that, Arthur said. The only sub around here is Osiril's sub, and he won't go out there. Which bed do you want? I don't care, you pick, Goro said thinking about the underwater city, the coral reefs, and all the unknown fish that could be living down there. He could take pictures of fish that nobody had ever seen. He decided that he would find a way to get there, regardless of what Osiril thought. 
Arthur and Goro cleaned the room and put away their stuff, and then went back down to the living room, where they found the girls and Ms. Riley sitting and drinking hot chocolate. The living room had probably once been a command center of some kind, but had long since been converted into a pretty average living room. On one side was a full wall window looking out over the utopian ocean, where the sun was setting, and Mars' two small moons, Phobos, and Deimos, hung above the horizon. The sun set, as they talked about the weeks ahead, with nothing to do except swim along the beach and explore the old outpost. Samantha and Arthur's room had a retractable wall dividing them, and the two girls decided to withdraw it so they could have one large room, instead of two small ones. Their room had two windows that looked out over the ocean, but they weren't high enough to see Utopia Colony from their room. Goro told Kiyoko about the old coral-covered underwater city, and what Osorail had said about it, and she looked worried. Don't worry about Osorail and his crazy stories, Arthur said with a grin. He's just a strange old man who likes to scare kids. Nobody's been in the old city for a hundred years. The first night at the outpost was strange for Kiyoko and Goro. Kiyoko laid awake for some time, listening to the sounds of the waves crashing on the cliffs. It was totally different from their uncle's apartment in Cassie or their school in Albion, where the provincial governments controlled the weather very carefully. Nobody controlled the weather in Acadia, you could taste salt in the air, and everything just seemed more alive. Goro lay awake for a while too, and eventually got up and walked to the window facing the ocean. Arthur had already fallen asleep, but Goro was too excited to sleep. He looked down at the waves breaking on the cliff far below, and then up at the one small moon that was still visible in the Martian sky. He knew it was Deimos, because Phobos moved much faster, and would be on the other side of the planet already. He looked back down at the ocean, it was dark and shimmering in the silvery light of the moon. What kinds of fish live around here? He whispered as he watched the waves pound against the rocks. Why did the Alliance build an outpost out here in such a desolate place? I guess there may have been more people living around here back then, there was an underwater city out there, and the ruined buildings we passed on the way here. Something suddenly hopped onto his shoulder and he jumped in fright, and then laughed quietly to himself. It was only Miki. What's going on here? Miki said in a copy of Mr. Haley's voice. Miki always slept near Goro in his carrying cage, which was like his own little room. But when Miki had heard Goro get up and go to the window, he had left his cage, and then jumped down onto Goro's shoulder. Isn't it a wild night? He asked the monkey, and then he went back to bed, now shivering from the cool air in the tower room. He fell asleep quickly, and began dreaming of thousands of fish swimming around an ancient coral reef. The next day Goro and Kiyoko got a full tour of the outpost. The Riley family and Osiral lived in the top floor of the three-story outpost. Like Arthur had told them the day before, there was no way into the bottom two levels, because of the outpost's armor plating. The armor had originally been retractable, but had been melted into place during the war, and still had massive scorch marks. The top floor had once been laboratories, but had been lived in by the Riley family for over a century. The only way into the outpost was through the door that led to the garage, but there was a path leading down the cliff to the beach below. Life in the old outpost was strange at first for Goro and Kiyoko. After all those years in their uncle's apartment, it was a big change. The outpost didn't have any crystallites or Energex-powered appliances, everything was old and electrical. Unlike Energex, electricity wasn't generated where it was used. Energex-powered appliance converted an energy into useful energy whenever needed, but electrical devices needed to be plugged into electrical outlets to work. 
and to make things worse, the outpost's electrical systems were the original ones put up when the old outpost was built, and weren't very reliable. The electric light bulbs would also burn out, and then needed to be replaced. Sometimes the heating system didn't work, and sometimes all the power would go off and nothing would work. And there were no neighbors, no shops, and no gaming centers, none of the things the kids were used to. It seemed like there were always lots of chores to do, although usually they didn't do many of them. Arthur's mother always did the cooking, but his father hardly ever left his study, and sometimes the kids forgot he was even there. Osseral did most of the harder jobs, like cleaning the outside of the windows, and fixing things when they broke. He also had the only sub at the outpost, or anywhere nearby for that matter. Legally Arthur's parents owned the sub, but really it was Osseral's sub. It was part of the deal he'd made with the Rileys when he'd come to work for them. He liked going out into the ocean to be alone, but nobody was allowed to go out into the Utopian Ocean, because it was a planetary park. The Rileys were one of the few dozen families who were allowed to have a sub in the Utopian, and only because one of their ancestors had bought a part of the ocean before it had been turned into a park. So when Osseral moved to the outpost, he'd brought his own sub with him and it had been registered in the Rileys' name. The way Arthur's parents saw it, if Osseral wanted to retire at their outpost, and was willing to do odd jobs, just so he could go out in his sub that was fine. No one else would want to come all the way out there for what they could afford. Do you think Osseral would take us out in his sub? Goro asked one day. No way, Arthur answered. And you'd better not try to get into it without his permission. That sub is his favorite thing in the whole universe. Goro went to have a look at it anyway, it was at a small dock at the foot of the cliff in a small sheltered cove. It must have cost Osseral quite a lot, it was an excellent little sub. It reminded Goro of the subs he'd seen on his class field trip to Cape York City, in the Creasy Ocean. It looked like it was in perfect shape and Goro really wanted to go out to sea in it. But even as he stood there on the gently rocking dock, the old handyman came walking up, looking even angrier than usual. What are you doing? Osseral demanded. That's my sub. I know, Goro said slowly backing up, I was just looking at it, you don't have a problem with that do you? Yes I do, the old man snapped quickly. Don't be weird Osseral, Miki suddenly blurted out, remembering what he'd heard a few days before. Nemezos Sedem Min. Osseral looked at Miki with a look of total anger, and Goro decided not to stick around and try to talk with the old man. Well I guess I'll be going then, Goro said and began walking away. But I am going out in a sub somehow, and you can't stop me. Osseral watched the boy go, thinking that little Tenko and his monkey weren't going to have any more fun for the rest of the holidays. He was going to make sure of that. 